Trish, is there anything you'd like to share this morning? Okay. All right. Well, if you've got your Bibles, lift them up. Repeat after me. All the moms are wiping their eyes. That's awesome. That's awesome. I try to make you cry every week. What a blessing. Uh, If you've got your Bibles, lift them up. Here we go. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you guys sound great. We are in week three of my series on uh, joy, which is coming out of the book of Philippians. And we're going to be in chapter three today. And I want you to understand, we've been talking about joy. And joy, there's part of joy that is an emotion, but really joy is not about an emotion. Joy is a response. And and we can choose to have joy or not. Joy is not based on our circumstances. As a matter of fact, when Paul wrote this um, epistle, he was actually in prison. And 16 times in this short epistle, he talks about joy and rejoicing. So even in really, really hard circumstances, we have to learn to rejoice and have joy. And there's a way to do that, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, But before we go into this, I've got some church signs. How many of y'all like to watch church signs when you're going down the road? Sometimes they embarrass you, but you know, most of the time, they're pretty funny. We've got some today I want to show you. Let's go through some of these. This is the Messiah United Methodist Church. Come here, our pastor. He's not very good, but he's quick. I like that one. That was, that was pretty good. Let's go on to the next one. Church of the Cross. Don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. <laughs> How many of y'all have seen that happen before, right? All right, let's go to Friendsville Community Church. Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our co- church and our community. Wow. <laughs> uh, Lewis Avenue Baptist Church is expecting Jesus to come back April 3rd. So I hope they were all there that day. That's, that's awesome. I really like this one. This is the St. Paul United Church of Christ. The best sausage supper in St. Louis. Come and eat, Pastor Thomas Ressler. Probably Cajuns cooking that deal right there. That's, that's what that was. Uh, the Tunai Baptist Church. Know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. <laughs> if that ever shows up on a sign, you guys are in trouble. Uh, Baptist Church here, Jesus is coming to earth again this Sunday at 10.30 a.m., so everybody needed to be ready for that. Cape Coral Community Church, now is a good time to visit. Our pastor is on vacation. (laughs) These people are mean, y'all. And then uh, this is the St. Typo of Worcester. They have a proofreader. They're wanting a proofreader for their church. So anyway, isn't that awesome? One of these days we'll have to get a sign out there. I'd like to get a big LED sign. Big picture of me going... You know, I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be awesome. Well, we're going to talk about joy today, and we need to laugh in church. That's one of the core principles of church. When we came here, one of the things that Trish and I sat down and, and wrote out of what we wanted to see in our church is that joy and laughter would be a big part of it. You know, too many times I remember growing up, and you go in, and church is so somber, and absolutely, we need to be respectful. But I also feel like that there should be a lot of joy in church. Because the truth is, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and I think laughing is an awesome thing. So if you don't like to laugh, you can go somewhere else. But if you like to laugh, this is a good place to be. Amen? Philippians 4.4, 4, Paul says to the church at Philippi, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Always. Always. 
And then he says, I'll say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice. Philippians 3.1 says this, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard or guard your faith. Rejoice in the Lord always. Man, it's a choice. It's a choice. Notice he said rejoice in the Lord always, not rejoice when things are going great. Rejoice when it's sunny. Rejoice when your world's just wonderful and there's roses and buttercups and everything's great. He said rejoice in the Lord always. And then he follows it up and he says rejoice in the Lord. And I never get tired of telling you these things because I do it to safeguard your faith. And here's why. If you don't learn to rejoice in the hard times and in the good times, your circumstances are going to dictate how much happiness and joy you have in your life. How many of you have ever gone through a hard time? Okay. How many of you are going through a hard time right now? Some of you are going, I'm going through such a hard time, I don't even want to raise my hand. (laughs) I want you to understand something. You need to learn to rejoice in the circumstances that you're in right now. And you say, Pastor, how can I do that? Because of the promises that God gives us. And I'm going to show you some of this later as we go through this lesson today. But one of the keys, one of the, the keys to our faith is knowing that we can rejoice no matter what our circumstances look like. And let me tell you why. Because the Bible teaches us that no matter what we go through, it is for our good. If we love God and are called according to His purpose. So if you're a Christian, no matter what you go through, you know that it's going to end up for your good. No matter what it looks like on the outside. That ought to encourage you. Because that means you're going to win no matter what. No matter what happens. If you lost your job, you're still going to win. You go through a divorce, you're still going to win. You go through some terrible, hard, trying times in your life. No matter what your situation looks like, you are still going to win. And it's not because Pastor Chris said so. It's because God said so. So if you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, you can rejoice knowing, not knowing how God's going to fix it. I promise you, I've gone through some situations and I still go through situations that I don't know how it's going to get fixed. But I've learned that I need to rejoice because God's got my back no matter what. And he promised me that he's going to work all these things together for my good and that's your good too. So you can rejoice knowing that you're going to have victory regardless of what your circumstances look like. But there are some joy killers out there. There are some things in the world as a Christian that will kill your joy if you let them. So let's go through these real quick. Philippians 3, 18 through 19. You guys awake this morning? If you're awake, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow, there you go. All right. For as I have often told you before, and now I say it again, even with tears... He was so moved by what he was about to say. Even with tears, I'm going to say this. Many people live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Listen to this. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Now, there there are some things in here that I'm about to share with you that are things that will kill your joy. These are things that, that will kill the joy that God wants you to have. Number one in this scripture here, look at your blanks. These people are unaware of the benefits of the cross. Unaware of the benefits of the cross. In other words, these people don't understand the benefits of being a follower of God, a child of God, being in the kingdom of God. They don't get it. They don't understand. How many of you have insurance on your car? Everybody raise your hands. Got a car, please. (laughs) 
How many of you have ever sat down and looked through all the benefits that you have? Because they send you this paper. They killed like a forest to get you this. And there's this stack of papers. And this stack of papers tells you all the benefits of you having car insurance. You know, and, and, but most of us have never taken the time to go through and read that. Donald will tell you, he's an insurance guy, and, and he hands out this paper. And most people, would you say most people never even, they don't even realize what all's in there. They don't know the benefits of having their car covered. And it's the same way with the body of Christ. There are lots of people, and I would say even in this church, even myself to a degree, that are Christians, but we don't understand all the benefits of that. And the way that works is that if you don't know all the benefits, you don't partake in all the benefits. There are things that are uh, made available to you as a Christian that if you knew what they were and acted on them, God would honor them. But you're ignorant, and I don't mean stupid. I mean you don't know. And it's up to you to find out. And Paul's talking about those folks here. He says, these people are are enemies of the cross tonight, uh, of the cross. They don't understand what the benefits are of being a Christian. They're unaware. Here's the second thing that happens to people that will kill your joy. We become addicted to pleasure. That's a big deal. We become addicted to pleasure. In other words, what Paul says here, he says, their, their destiny is destruction and their God is their stomach. And you know, an interesting thing about eating is you don't just get to do it once a week, do you? You get hungry all the time, and so you eat, you eat, you eat. And, and what Paul's talking about here is these people are lost, and all they're looking for is the next high. All they're looking for is they're just addicted to pleasure, whatever that is. And that just doesn't mean drugs or anything like that. It can also mean money or possessions or whatever, and they're addicted to that. And here's the deal. Those things never fulfill you completely. It's just for a moment, and then it's gone. And then you have to fulfill it again. It can be relationships. It can be anything on this earth. And that's a challenge for us. We want more. I know I fell into that as, as a young man that it, it was never enough. I never could get enough of anything. And we always wanted more and it would run out and you'd want more and it would run out. And you constantly chase these things and you can spend your entire life doing that. Can anybody say amen? Amen. So we become addicted to pleasure. Here's the third thing that can uh, kill your joy. We become earthly minded. We become earthly minded. What do I mean by that? We don't realize that there's more to life than just now. Do you realize, guys, and this is the truth, this is the truth, what you do now in the few years that you're here on this planet, by the way, and you don't know when those are going to end, what you do here on this planet determines how you're going to spend eternity. Think about that. And eternity is a long time. It's like forever. And and what we do now, the decisions we make now are the things that dictate how we're going to spend eternity. And most of us don't think about that. We just do whatever feels good today or whatever is going to feel good tomorrow. And and we don't take account to what's really going to happen. And this is a big thing. And I want you to understand, we need to understand in our hearts, we don't need to be ignorant of the benefits of being a Christian. God wants to bless us here on this earth, absolutely. He wants to bless us with things and family and friends and all those things. But we need to understand that and not live like we've just got to fill our lust of our flesh today. Because it's not fulfilling. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not conform or be shaped around the, any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform any longer to this world. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you a, a key here. It's not in your notes, but I want to give you a key. There's a way to transform your mind. There's a way to do that. And, and the way you do that is by what you input into your life. Okay? It's what you put into your life. And here's the easiest example I know how to uh, describe this. If you eat Twinkies, what are you going to look like? If you say me, I will hurt you, okay? <laughs> You're going to look like a Twinkie. I mean, if that, what, whatever, your body typically is a refre- reflection of whatever you put in it. So if you eat junk all the time, what's the output of your life going to be physically? Junk. Come on, let's be honest here. I'm not trying to get all up in your business. I'm just being general here. But the truth is, whatever we put in our body is what our bodies reflect. It's what they look like. It's the output. How many of you have heard the term garbage in, garbage out? So it's what you put in physically. It's the same way spiritually. Whatever you're feeding your mind, whatever you're feeding your spirit, is going to be the output of what comes out of your mouth and what comes out of your life. So if all you're doing is feeding yourself junk, what's going to be the output? So... Let me break it down for you make it really simple. If the only time you're getting fed the Word of God is when you come in here Sunday morning, you're missing it the rest of the week. And just like you can't eat one meal a week, you've got to spend time every day feeding your spirit man. And that's also the way you transform your mind. Because whatever you're reading, whatever you're studying, whatever you're listening to, whatever you're watching, is going to be what's made up in your mind. And Paul tells us that we, we have got to transform our mind. It's your choice. Amen? Am I stepping on anybody's toes yet? I'm talking to myself too, so this just isn't all about y'all. Romans 8 verse 6. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is life and peace. How many of you want more peace in your life? How many of you wish you could be stressed out more? Show me your hands. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I wish I had, you know, pastor, things are going so well. I just, I, you know, I really need more stress in my life. That'd be awesome. None of us want that, do we? We want peace. We want peace. We want joy. We want a life worth living. And here's the truth. I'm just going to give this to you right now. Here's the truth. You still have to stay for the rest of the sermon. But here's the truth. It's your choice. Jesus died. So that you could be free. Jesus died. He sent the Holy Spirit to live in our lives. But the amount of life and joy we receive in our lives is up to us. And it's based on your choices every day. You get to choose. And you go, well, Pastor, you don't realize there's some challenges in my life. There's some things that have, have happened to me that have been hard. And I understand there are things that come. There are storms that come in our life. But you have to respond to those storms. I, I'm really talking about your everyday decisions. Day in and day out, you get to choose. How many of you uh, have gotten up in the morning and said, man, I'm going to have a great day. I, and, and then, it's, I mean, the first thing that happens is the coffee's bad. And, and you get into your car and the tire's flat or the battery's out. You're driving down the road. There's a tractor in front of you. He's going like two miles an hour. That ever happened to you? You know, I mean, nothing's going right. Somebody cut you off in traffic. And now, all of a sudden, your day's what? It's horrible. Why? Because of circumstances around you and how you respond to those. 
But you have a choice how you're going to respond to those things. You get to choose. Are you going to let those things define you or are you going to define those things? It's your choice. So I'm going to give you a key to joy today. Philippians 3 verse 20 says this. Our citizenship as Christians, our citizenship is in heaven. In other words, our home is in heaven. That's where our home is. We're just here for a little while. We're just here for a little while. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's your next blank. We need to learn to be eternally minded. We need to learn to be eternally minded. Because the truth is, one of these days, if Jesus tarries, if he doesn't come back, we're, we're going to go see him. There's going to be a moment when you're not going to be here anymore. And you're going to spend eternity, you're going to stand before Jesus. The Bible tells us everybody's going to do that. And there's going to come a day. And we need to be ready for that day, amen? So, I want to get you and help you focus on some things to help you get your joy like it needs to be, okay? Look at your notes. Number one for my blank filler outers. I don't know if that's a real word. I'm just throwing that out there. You need to learn to see God's redemption for your yesterday. You need to learn to see God's redemption for your yesterday. I, I talked about redemption recently. What redemption is, is that means somebody's paid a fine. Somebody's paid a fee. And God has done that through Jesus. He has paid for the sins of your past. He's paid for your yesterday. That's awesome. God's done that. Philippians 3 verses 7 through 11 says this. But whatever was to my profit, this is Paul talking, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I want to stop right here. If you've got your notes, see the word in the third line, knowing, I want you to circle that. What does it take to know somebody? Spending time with them. That's great. If you want to know somebody, you have got to spend time with them. Now, you can read about them and different things, but if you really want to know somebody, you've got to sit down and interact with them one-on-one. -on -one. That's how you know people. And Paul says, I consider everything as my life rubbish, trash, compared to knowing Jesus. And you've heard this said a lot, you've especially heard if you've been around here at all. We're not about religion. We're about a relationship with Jesus. And if you're going to have a good relationship with anybody, you have got to spend quality time with them. I want to tell you, the key to a successful marriage is spending quality time together. You know, yesterday I, I got to go home and, and spend some quality time with my lovely bride. And I got to do something I really enjoyed, which was paint. It was such a blessing. Um, and we got, we got together, and, and Trish said, hey, would you come in here and visit with me? I said, sure, and she's painting away. And I thought, man, I can, I can do this so much faster. And, and, uh, and so I, I, I helped her. And, and not only did I get to paint, I got to paint the walls pink. Or as Sue said, peach or coral. Yes, that's, I don't know the difference. It looked pink to me. Dennis, that would be gray to you since you're colorblind. But, but, I mean, so I got to sit in there, and we got to spend quality time together. And I want you to understand something. I'm, trust me, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but what I'm saying is this. If you really want to get to know somebody, you've got to spend quality time with them, and a lot of times that's doing something they want to do, right? 
Because, see, if I took church with me and said, hey, babe, why don't you come spend some quality time with me? We're going to go sit in a deer stand and not talk for two hours. <laughs> Is that going to work? Spend quality time together, not saying anything. No, that, that's not. You've got you to make a commitment to spend quality time together and communicate and do the other things. And, and here's the key to marriage right here. I know this isn't a marriage seminar. Outserve each other. Great relationships are not about what you can get. They're about what you give. And Jesus said, I'm among you as one who serves. That's the Son of God, the co-creator of the universe. And if anybody deserved everybody to bow down to him and get him whatever he wanted, it was Jesus. And yet he came down and washed his disciples' stinky old feet. Because he was teaching us something. That if you want to have great relationships, if you, if you want to really make an impact in this world, you need to learn to serve each other. That's one of the reasons we serve people in our community, is we want to love them at the point of their need. Amen? That's why we do that. But one of the keys here is recognizing that God has redeemed your yesterday. I'll tell you why this is important. Many of you feel like because of the mistakes you've made in your past, that you're a second-class citizen in the kingdom of God. Listen to me. There are some of you today, within the sound of my voice, that feel like, because of your past, you're a second-class citizen in the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you the good news today. When Jesus accepted you and forgave your sin, he forgave all of it. You know the Bible tells us that God removes our sin as far as the east is from the west, and he casts it away and he doesn't remember it anymore? How cool is that? You know, you remember your sin. You remember your past. You probably remember some things that you've done. But let me tell you something. God doesn't remember them anymore. That's amazing. And so I want to tell you this today. I want you to learn from the mistakes of your past, but I don't want you to live there. Your past has been redeemed. Amen? Let's give God praise. This is a good spot to do that. Amen? That's good news. Well, here's number two. So number one, see God's redemption for my yesterday. Number two, we need to learn to see God's purpose for my today. God has a purpose for today. Many of us do this. We wish away today because we're busy. We wish away today, this season. We wish away whatever. We can't wait for today to be gone. We can't wait for the month, whatever. I want to tell you right now as a family, our life is like crazy busy. It's like every 30 seconds it seems like there's something going on. And it's so easy if we're not careful, and I'm talking to myself too, to say, man, I can't wait for next week or next month. And I want you to understand something. You may not have next week or next month. You have today. And God has a purpose for your today. Moms, speak to you guys for a minute. Grandmothers, aunts, you know, sisters. You need to cherish the moment you have today. You know, here in about five days, Miles is going to walk across the platform. Taylor's graduated. She's getting ready to go to Texas in a few weeks to go off to school. My little baby. And now, here's Miles. All eight foot of him. <laughs> you know, he's fixing to walk across that platform. You know, and we were looking through pictures the other day. I, I, remember, what, I remember like yesterday when he was so little. And we need to learn to cherish those moments. Every one of them. Because there, there are going to be times they're just a memory. 
And some of us so wish things away. And I want to tell you, this is a big deal. I wish I could get past this. I wish I could get past that. I'm so ready to graduate or I'm so ready to do this, that, and the other thing that we don't live in today because we're always looking at tomorrow or next week. And we don't live because today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you live in. So I want to encourage you in this. And I'm talking to myself too. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. How many of you are overachievers? Y'all both raise your hands right now, both of you. Monica, raise your hand. Thank you. Here's the problem that we can get into with overachievers, and I would absolutely consider myself one. We get so goal-driven that we don't enjoy the journey. And we get done with backpack, and we're already looking at the next thing. Instead of celebrating today. And so I want to encourage you in that. And there's been a theme that God's been running in my heart recently, and I'm trying to listen myself. Slow down. Tim, slow down. We run from thing to thing to thing, and we have got to learn to slow down. Because you don't want to one day look around and go, what happened? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Let's not do that. And we need to understand that God has a purpose today. Enjoy today. Jesus said, don't be worried about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble for itself. Let's focus on today. Amen? All right, Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Paul says, not that I have already obtained it. He's talking about perfection or, or, or that I've already been made perfect. But I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, listen to me, forgetting what lies behind, I strain towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. How many of y'all have got a question? Guys, this is for the guys. I know it's Mother's Day, but i got to ask this question. Guys, have you ever been driven down, driving down the road and you look over and there's a lady driving over next to you and she's putting her makeup on? While she's driving? Does that make anybody but me nervous? You know? I mean, that's a scary thing. And I'm not talking about woman drivers, you know. I, I'm really not. But I'm just saying it's kind of difficult to be doing this and looking, you know, and, and driving ahead. But, you know, many of us do that with life. If your life's like a car, many of us, and I'm talking about guys too, spend our time driving looking at our rearview mirror all the time and looking at our past. What's going to happen? You're going to hit something in the future. And Paul says, forgetting what lies behind. You know, it can be good or bad in your past. Sometimes there are people that focus on all the good things that happened. Well, back in the old days, back when it was good. I remember back in, you know, really was it all that good? Running to the outhouse when it was five degrees below zero. This is a blessing right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Really? Indoor plumbing, I think it's awesome, you know. I mean, sometimes we, we look back and we look back nostalgically at the past. Guess what? It was rough back then, too. I mean, back in the old days, we had phones that you had to actually, they went, y'all remember that? You know? 
I kind of wish we could do that again, you know. But we look back nostalgically, and here's what happens. We look back fondly at things we like to remember, but there was a lot of hard things too. And so don't look back, and it's good to remember good things. I'm not saying don't remember your past, but what I'm saying is don't be focused on what's happened in the past, good or bad, that you'd wreck your future. Amen? I'm preaching better than you are amen Okay, Thank you. There's my one. Wardell, you're good right there. Gold star for you today. Who was that? Was that you, Danny? Oh, he's pointing at somebody else. At least you're honest. Amen. I'll give you a Pastor Chris signed poster right there. <laughs> number three. Number three. So number one is we, we see God's redemption. Jesus has redeemed our past. He's forgiven us and redeemed it. Number two is that God has a purpose for today. We've got to live today. But number three is we need to see God's plan for my or your tomorrow. God has a plan for everybody in this room. He's got a Monica plan. He's got a Tony plan. He's got a Preston plan. He's got a Chloe plan. He does. He's got a Dommy plan. He's got a plan for all you guys. He's got a Jack plan. There's a plan. The Bible says that. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. And they're good. God's got an amazing plan for each person in this room. It's not just, you know, only a handful of people. It's not, he doesn't say, hey, I've got an amazing plan for your life, but not for your life. Not you. He has an amazing plan for all of our lives. But it's up to us to get close to him to recognize what that is. See, I talked about renewing your mind and having a relationship with God. You know, guys, the closer you get to him, the more he's going to reveal his plan for your life. But you've got to get close to him. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. I don't deserve to come to him. None of us do. That's the whole awesome thing about this deal. You can't earn it. You just have to receive it. And the closer you get to him, the more he will change your life. So God has a plan for our tomorrow. And I'm going to talk about the tomorrow when we're not here anymore. Philippians 3, verse 20 through 21. But our citizenship, our home, is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. You know, I I don't think about heaven a whole lot. And probably some of that's my age because I'm very young. But... um, you know, some of it's the age. I don't, I don't think about heaven a lot. I'm really focused a lot on what we're doing here. But I know that one of these days we're going to go to heaven. And I just believe there's going to be rivers of root beer. <laughs> and Twinkie trees and, you know, unlimited fishing licenses and, you know, solid gold bass boats. <laughs> Christy's shoes, more shoes than you can imagine. But heaven's going to be awesome. But you know what the Bible does talk about in heaven? Is that we're going to be there with Jesus. And there's not going to be any more sorrow or sadness. None. Imagine never having to be sad again. The Bible tells us that we're going to see our loved ones there. The Bible tells us that we're going to know and be known in heaven. And I'm going to get to see my grandparents. 
and the people that we love that have gone before because God loves us so much. And we're going to get to be with him. And, and knowing how God works, Dennis is probably going to be my next door neighbor. <laughs> and I'm going to help Ronnie build all kinds of stuff with golden string, Ronnie. It'll be awesome. But we're going to get to be in heaven, and, and there's not going to be any, I mean, and that's where our, we're just here for a little while. We're just ambassadors here, y'all. And we get this amazing opportunity to share with other people this love and this redemption that God has given us. And he's put the Holy Spirit in us, and all of a sudden we have this opportunity to lead other people out of darkness into light. And introduce them to Jesus, who loves them. And regardless of their past, they get an opportunity to go there too. Because God loves us. And that is the truth. So we've got eternity. God has a plan for your tomorrow. Not just here on earth, but forever. And it's going to be awesome. No more pain, Danny. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm going to close with this. You get to choose. Regardless of your circumstances, you get to choose. You say, Pastor, you don't know some of the things that have happened to me. I mean, some people have really hurt me. I, I get that. Pastor, my life's hard right now. I understand. Pastor, some people fired me. Pastor, Pastor, this has happened, that's happened. Pastor, I've gone through a terrible divorce. Pastor, I was abused. Pastor, this, that. We can all fill in the blank. All of us can write a list of things. Some of you can write a book. But I want you to understand something. There is a forgiveness. There is a joy. There is a hope that can flow through your life if you'll receive it. Remember what Paul said because of our ignorance? We're unaware of the benefit. We can be unaware of the benefits of the cross. Do you realize there's a place where you can go to the Lord and he will clean all that up? That's awesome. You know, God has me at a special place. This is my second close. One more. God has me at a, at a place right now where for the first time in my life, I've been a Christian a long time, since I was 16. For the first time in my life where I'm really looking and, and I'm really seeing that Jesus said he came to free, to heal the brokenhearted, to free the captives, to set the captives free. And that's here. And I'm starting to understand that there are many of us that are saved, but not many of us that are free. I'll say that again. There are many of us that are saved, but not many of us that are free. And God has me looking and studying some things that I've never looked at before. And I just know he wouldn't do that unless he was about to take us to a place where we're able to walk in real freedom. Here. You know, to me, I want heaven to be icing on the cake. I want to, when I, when I get to heaven, I want to be, I want to slide in with my hair on fire. Woo! You know, I mean, we just did it, you know. And, and, and I would love for Jesus to look at me and give me a high five or a fist bump. Really? Say, good job. Good job. Don't you want that? And the Bible tells us we can get to that place where he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Chris, good job. You maybe not weren't perfect, but I covered that. Good job. How about you? 
Is that what you want? Isn't that really what we want? So if that's what we want, then why don't we do that? So this is what we're going to do. Now I'm really closing. It's number three. Marty, it's number three. I want you to look at your life today. Look at your choices today. Are you choosing God's way? Are you choosing to have joy? Or, or maybe you've made some decisions that have separated you from God. I just believe right now that the Lord's just kind of moving and touching some hearts and, and wanting us to look at ourselves and just be honest. And I want you to understand there is no condemnation in this place, guys, for any of us. It's not about that. It's about redemption. It's about being whole. It's about choosing life, not death. And we've got the option. Choose, God says. Choose life. Where are you today? Maybe life's been hard. I understand. But what are you going to do from now forward? Today. What are you going to do? Are you going to choose life? You're going to choose to have joy regardless of your circumstances, maybe even in spite of your circumstances? Or are you going to let all that dictate how you live? That's a miserable way to be. I know some of you. I know your stories. And you've overcome some amazing things. But I believe the best is yet to come. Let's all close our eyes and bow our heads. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much. On our worst day, you died for us. On our best day, we weren't good enough, and you died for us anyway. Lord, you, you died to redeem our past, to pay for it, to buy it back. That's the truth. Some of you today need to make a decision to choose joy, to choose life. So I'm going to do this a little different today. If you're here today, everybody heads, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, nobody's looking around, this is between you and God. If you realize today that you've been choosing other things other than life, you've been choosing other things other than joy, your life has just been dictated by what goes on around you and all the circumstances that you're dealing with. But you want to choose God's way today. You want to say, Lord, today, take all this junk. Take it all, Lord. Take it all. I'm surrendering my life back to you. I need your help. If that's you today, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. Lots of people raising their hands. You can put your hands down. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. If that was you today, if you slip your hand up and you say, Pastor, that's me. I just want to rededicate my life today. I need God's help today. You know what the need is, and so does he. I just want you to step out and come down to the altar, and we're going to pray for you. If you lifted your hands up, just step out and say, Pastor, that's me. I, I just want prayer today. No condemnation here. Amen. I believe today I'm speaking to Christians. That's who I'm talking to. Take a moment here.
took our burdens and you bled upon the cross in your kindness and your mercy you became the way for us forgetting all our sins you remember all your promises you are amazing the more encourage you in something today. Some of you need to take some time to send a text or a phone call or an email to a woman that was really important in your life. Maybe it's a mom, a grandmother. You know, uh, maybe it was a woman that just spoke into your life. I want you to take some time today. Don't just think about them. Communicate with them. Okay? That'll mean a lot. Amen? Alright, grab your neighbor's hand this morning. If you don't like them, we've got Germex in the lobby. You can take care of that when you leave. Amen. Father, I thank you for your presence today, Lord. Thank you for your word. As we leave this place, Lord, I just pray that we would walk out of here and be your hands and your feet to our community. Father, let your light shine through us. Touch our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, when you leave, high five five people. Tell them happy Mother's Day. We'll see you this next week.